You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Eric, happy May the 4th. I know we don't start the episodes like this, but happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, Eric. How the hell are you doing today? <coughs> oh. <laughs> I almost got my tongue there. Excuse me. Try to take yeah. a, a sip before I get going, but... It's been better. I we are recording this on May the fourth on Star Wars Day, so yeah, you kind of caught us on, on that. We should have been doing a Star Wars movie for this, right? We should have, but we reviewed everything with Star Wars. There's no Mandalorian season three. Boba Fett really wasn't that interesting to talk about, really, because it was kind of like a Mandalorian show. Yeah. So I mean, but we didn't know what to do. Of course, behind the scenes here for all the fans, I'm in charge of the schedules, and I look show it to Eric and. Eric says yay or nay, and there was nothing on this day for a very long time. And uh, eventually we chose Death on the Nile. Thank God this is on HBO Max. I'm kind of showing my hand here right off the bat. I fell asleep three times. Okay, so I, I admittedly I will say that I fell asleep in the theaters for the first one for the murder on the Orient Express, uh, Death on the Orient Express. Mm. What? What the, are you talking about? The this is a second part. This is a, this is a sequel. What? This is a sequel? I yeah. thought this was just a book. Uh, of a series. This is a it's a series, Jordan. Oh, um, okay. The, the okay. character itself is is uh, been a detective in many uh, other books and many other pop culture references. So in theater in the Kenneth Branagh world. This will be his second uh, directed version of uh, Hercule, Hercule Poirot, the uh, famous famous uh, French-Belgian detective. Um, yeah, the first one being um, what Murder on the Orient Express. Okay, Maybe, I I, I, I have to admit to you, I'm I'm not playing a character here. I had no idea. I mean, oh. I'm, I had no idea. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about this yes, uh, yesterday, uh, a little bit before we today, and uh, I, I didn't know. All I knew, because I was so bored, that I went on Wikipedia and I found out that this was a book. And that's as far as I went. I didn't know that this was a sequel. Is there a timeline with it, I'm assuming? So that means that – does this happen before the Orient Express then? Is this after the Orient Express? Uh, this is after uh, the the big one is the murder on the Orient Express. I I had thought that these could be done out of out of sequence. You know, like they were just they were just uh, um what's that what's that an anthology where it, the time itself is not relevant to the character. It's it's more of like the life experiences, you know. Like you don't need to like uh, the his experiences on the more on the Orient Express have no immediate uh, reflection on to him or the characters in Death of the Nile. It's okay. not like he's he's learned from one and carried it to the other. It's just two separate stories. Okay, so he's playing the same dude though. Yes, it's it's the the adventures of. It's the adventures of Rin Tin Tin. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, you know me very well, and the audience who's been listening for seven years thinks, I, I think, knows me very well. When Jordan's not interested, 
Jordan's not interested. So I'm going to not remember any names of any characters. Uh, I cannot tell you one name of one character. I can tell you the descriptions, their characteristics, uh, but I cannot tell you a name. Uh, but we, I watched this on HBO Max, and I again, I press play not seeing a trailer, not knowing anything. So that's very uncommon for me. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that, by the way. By the way. I had no idea what I'm doing. Um, so I click play on my HBO Max in my garage bar, and boom, takes me back to 1917 World War One, black and white. I liked it. I was like, okay, what is it? Death on the Nile, okay, so this is probably events that happened beforehand. And we get a young man who is going to be Kenneth Braun, who's going to be the detective, right? The world's greatest detective. Yes. And he's a soldier in French, French France's army. Yeah, is he he's, French? I, well, he's he's on alliance, right? Forces. Uh huh. Mm. There has to be a trend with World War One because I've been seeing a lot of World War One movies lately. Um, yeah. it, it's the it's the hundred year period piece. Uh, isn't that what it is? Like the 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 rule of a hundred is is that pop culture likes to reflect over a hundred. Has it really been a hundred years? Oh my God, it has. Yeah. So isn't, isn't oh wow? I thought that was the rule, or or not the the rule, but just kind of like a a thing, you know, one a of those thing. Thing, one of those things that happens. Wow, it's been a year. Anyway, so I I, I like the opening, you know, um, really ridiculous. But you have the ally army, if you will, in the trenches, and they have to cross no man's land. And the general gets this note from a runner that's like, "Hey, we got to attack at dawn or something." And he's like, "No." No, we don't want to go. Like all these soldiers, like freaking out because they know their survivor rate is zilch. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this detective guy, who again I don't know any of these people, sees these crows or these birds, and he's like, "We attack now," because of the gas, and the birds are avoiding the gas, and they can't see us. And I'm like, "That's really ridiculous," but okay. And they do. They they wipe out the Germans. You, you, you missed a lot of that already. <laughs> How did I miss that? That's exactly what happened. It, you, you're you're right I, in in that part. But his observation wasn't, you know, that the that the European swallow was migrating here, Jordan. You know, it's it's that uh, in the morning at a certain time the birds would get up and fly from one end to the other. But in this one they didn't because of the wind patterns refusing them to uh, access to their normal feeding pattern, their, their routes. So he is saying that the wind, the way that it is, will allow them camouflage if they were to smoke it right now because no man's land would keep the smoke there. It would keep it stationary. It would keep it you know, uh, in no man's land rather than having it gust over east or west because of the uh, wind draft that, that comes in with the tides after... Well, again, he's basically, it's over-detailed to show that the mind of Hercule Poirot is different, that he is noticing the things that you don't. That's all that this scene is. Well, he didn't notice that there was a booby trap because his general got blown up and his half of his face was his blown up. Capitan, off. and he did notice that is that his, he yelled it too late, right? He shaved, He saved everyone in his company except for his Capitan. Right, and then we get a two-faced scene, right? They're in the hospital, and I'm assuming it's his wife? Yes. W well, what would be? Yes. Okay, what would be his wife? Okay. Well, uh, she has no connection with Orient Express, 
again, this has no connection, right? The the curious thing about, and this is to the credit of Agatha Christie, is uh, this character is in his world now. And any reference that she makes to his past is of the older world. It's 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 really good. It's really good contrast to show the growth of a character. This is where he was. This is where he is now. And you can make reference to that as the story progresses with other characters, as they do, especially when there's of love interests, because oh. the character itself, Hercule Poirot, you can you you don't know a whole lot of his background. But you know enough to to get that he's he's hurt that he doesn't want. You got a glimpse of what his his wife was, of who that relation or who she was, and who she was in that relationship to him, and what it represents, and why he doesn't love again. There's a lot of telling and showing in a few scenes. You are making me look like a pompous ass with your philosophical awesomeness that you're spilling right now. I'll stop Are... you right there. <laughs> just because right now, this is a different kind of movie. This is a detective movie. And so everything is in the detail. Everything. We did Knives Out, right? Yeah, we did Knives Out. Same, same exact thing is that everything that they show is for a reason. Everything that they are giving you is so that you can be the detective at home. This is a hidden pictures. This is a connect the dots. This is this is a puzzle of a movie. And I, I enjoy these movies. I really do. It's just a damn shame that I suck so bad at them. Well, I mean, like, I if this was a Blade Runner world, then I'll go with you. This is not a world that I... <laughs> like to visit um but you know he has this two-faced moment you know half his face got blown off and he's just like will you still love me he doesn't say that just you know and she's just like you'll grow a mustache and boy does he do oh man does he ever he did he didn't stop at one mustache either no 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 i saw it was like double layered now did he have that famous mustache in orient he is uh yeah i think it was is that like his cape and cowl is that like his his is that his costume if you way you know what i mean for for the most part, the yes, the the signature mustaches is absolutely okay. an, an identifier. I mean, we get a lot of big name actors who I didn't even. Again, I mean, I got into the right at the beginning when I press play because of the World War II stuff, and I got all into the mustache stuff. Like, okay, cool, and then boom, here comes our characters. Right, we get Gal Gadot. What? That's cool. Uh, we got uh, Arnie, whatever his name, dude from Social Network. Uh, Arnie Cannibal Hammer, yeah. Yeah, uh, he needed to have a better career than what he has. I'm upset. I, hey, hey, I will always, to anybody, say that if you've not seen The Man from Uncle, that you should go see that movie now. It is fantastic. He is in it. Henry Cavill is in it. It's a Guy Ritchie film. It's a fantastic film. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that there's, I mean, like, I would like to see him as Bond or maybe like a Batman, and it, it's just never going to happen. Um, and everybody else, I don't know. I know that the detective is Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Brana. But I know Gal Gadot. I know Arnie. I don't know anybody else. Really? You don't know Annette Benning? Which one was that? Uh, she was the painter. She was the uh, book's mother. Where have I seen her from? I know the name. Uh, American Beauty? It's been a long time. It's been probably 20 years since I've seen that movie. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, recent okay, ones are like the kids are all right. That was a, that was a big one. Uh, Bugsy. Uh, okay. Do you remember that one? Uh, In Dreams with um, Robin Williams. 
Okay, some movies I don't typically watch. I don't like the kids all right. All right, so the I great outdoors. Yeah. All right, so I know her, and then who is the detective's like best buddy? Like is Eric, if you will. That's book. That is yeah. that is kind of his. Uh, um, Tom Bateman is the character, uh, and, and yeah, that's um, that's your wrench basically. Okay, I mean, and then we your get. Foil. Okay, so I don't want to spoil the ending, so I'm not going to right now because I feel that would be kind of a jerk move. Uh, but we get all of our group, our ten little Indians, if you will, and Gal Gadot and Arnie are getting married. And, well, actually, no, they get married. And they're in Egypt. Beautiful scenery. There's one thing I will say about this movie because I think you guys who are listening can tell where I'm going with this review. Uh, this movie is beautiful to look at. I love the scenery because we get uh, we get uh, jump forward in time. We get the beautiful landscape of the pyramids, and we get the detectives' right hand man like flying a kite on the pyramid on the side, and his mom is painting it, and like gorgeous shots. Even the even the big boat halfway through the film. Uh, oh looks yeah, great. I, I everything was, was great. Definitely down to uh, book myself a Nile tour after after watching that boat go down. I was that thing looked fantastic. Oh, yeah, everything looked great. I mean, like, the, the sets were grand. I mean... The wardrobe it, it, looked obviously amazing as well, too. The way they spoke, I felt, and that's kind of showing a testament to, to, to movies, right? Is this did exactly what a quote-unquote movie is supposed to do. It took me out of my reality, and it took me to that reality. I felt like I went back in time. I'm not being ridiculous. Like, it, it looked great. It sounded great. I mean, the visuals were really good. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was really happy with that. Um, they're on this no way in hell anybody would ever go to this fancy hotel. Like, it's in the middle of Egypt, and it's, like, right on the River Nile. Is that it? And there's, like, this big, grand, fancy hotel. And this is where everybody meets. This is where the wedding is. We also get, what the hell are you doing, and why is your career different, Russell Brand? Yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> Uh, well, now good, he's a, good to see him in he, there. Now he's a conspiracy theorist, and in his in his real life, yeah, yeah, I know he's like a Jesse uh, Ventura now. It's hard it's hard to separate the the art from the artist a bit, right? Like just come up and do your lines and don't make any sort of other statements that are unneeded here. Yeah, uh, he did his fine. Thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm aware that uh, a lot of these actors seem to have a very colorful uh, real life <laughs> hobbies. Well, I guess. Well, to to kind of just go with my rant for a second about Mr. Brand, if I if I may, um, he will always be one character to me, always, and that is you know getting Sarah Marshall. You know, when he played you, yeah. Al, yeah, when he played Aldous Snow. I saw that movie with my wife in theaters at the time, girlfriend. We laughed our butts off. We loved him. We even watched Get Me to the Greek because of him in that. Uh, and then we watched his stand-up because we were like fans. And we were like, oh, this is bad. We, we didn't even get halfway through. So anything that he's in, his shows, the way he – it's just – we're just not into him anymore. But we will always love him for Aldous Snow. So seeing him in this without that – over-the-top British stuff that he does, his crazy... Remember, his hair was like a big deal back then. Uh, he's playing a doctor, is he not? And he is upset 
because he is in love or had a love affair with Gal Gadot? So uh, we're, there's a lot of, to happen in the first half an hour, 40 minutes usually of these movies. Uh, usually detective movies are two hours, if not more. And the reason why is because uh, in detective movies you have to obey a certain set of rules. They're different than like action movies and different from romance and comedies is in this one you have to allow a setup you have to put everything in the first half hour in the you know what i mean every every character needs to be introduced you have to introduce the gun in act one you have to do everything early on so introducing all the characters how the characters are related to to each other do they have any motives albeit uh very very loose or skimmed over on the top uh maybe environments that they're in, um, certain emotions, certain conflicts that they're given. You have to give a lot of things in a short amount of time. So in this, not only do we get a past of Hercule Poirot and his setup of uh, his ex-wife and his military uh, keenness and sharpness as well too, but now we get uh, the jazz show where he went to, or the Blues Club, where he went to the Fast Forward, um, where we first get to meet Army Hammer and the other girl, the love interest. What was her name? Catherine? Uh, is that the girlfriend who just is like a pimple on your butt, just always comes back? Yes. yes That's the, her? Yeah, gotcha. Gal Gadot's friend. Uh, oh, they're friends. They're originally friends. They're yes. originally friends, and she was hooking up with uh, Army Hammer, uh, but then they switched, and Army went to Gal Gadot instead. Yeah, I mean, you would too, right? I mean, yeah, it's, but still, it lays the 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 idea from the viewer that oh, what's Army's motive. What's uh, Simon is his name? I'm sorry. What is Simon's motive here? He seems to be chasing for love and lust after this girl, and then suddenly he hears about Gal Gadot's status. Uh, excuse me, Lynette's status, and he goes after her. So is he after the money? Is he really in love? Like, what is what is his goal here? And this is where this movie starts to do a good job. Is now it's uh, introducing some of these characters. It fast forwards to Egypt, introduces a few more characters, and now that we have all the characters introduced, maybe you get one or two more in that are maybe some bodies or some fodder somewhere else, to, or maybe some some red herrings to throw you away or something like that too. But after characters are introduced, then you introduce scene, you introduce the setup, the tomb, the kill room. You know, the situation where it's going to be. So we have Egypt. And before we get to the boat, we just have building points. Friction. Ooh, why would that character say that? Who are these characters and why do they know each other? And you have motive being established. Oh, this is the cousin who did the the books. Oh, this is the the aunt who stands to inherit the land. Oh, the, and this is the butler who was promised, you know, continuing more and more. In fact, it was actually kind of a funny scene right when the wedding party was introduced before they got in the boat when Book, the character Book, uh, first brought Kenneth Branagh, uh, brought Hercule Perot to the party. 
it were the first night they were socializing they were at a bar at the main area in egypt before they got in the boat and book even leans over to hercule perot's uh, hercule perot's ear and fills him in sentence by sentence on who these people are and what their what their deal is basically and really handing it to to the viewer you know who, uh, who go ahead sorry I mean, I, no, I'm just saying that, that that's that's what that was. Somebody leaning over. So if I were to, you know, me and you were to go to a wedding and you knew nobody there, and I were to lean over to you and be like, all right, so this is what's going on. You know, uh, um, that guy used to date that guy's girlfriend, but then that girl slept with that guy, you know, and just basically give you all this tea, spill you all this gossip that catches everybody up at once. Well, I found it funny that one of the uh, older ladies, I believe, one of the older ladies said that uh, she is proudly a part of the uh, Socialist Nationalism Party. Oh, yeah. I thought I th that got a laugh out of me. So clearly this is pre-World War II. Um, so I like that little character thing because it's like, oh, wait a minute. She's a – oh, my God, she's a Nazi. It's, she could be a bad one. You know, it's, like, uh, Yeah, exactly. So it gives you deception on, on all right. these parts too. Like, oh, this person might be a bad person, you know. That was uh, Jennifer Saunders, by the way, too. Uh, just just uh, credit to her. She's a British actress um, and comedian. She was in Absolutely Fabulous for oh, decades. Don't know what that is. Uh, who it's gave Gal Gadot the heart of the ocean? <laughs> uh, she I mean, did right she she, she who did army Hammer bought it with her money and he didn't yeah, i believe he makes a statement of that of just like oh well it's a wedding gift well to herself it's her money okay so i have a question since you just brought it up again because this is this is where i fell asleep i'm like i, I this is this not my kind of movie um so Sam is his name, right? Army. Okay, Sam. Is Sam wealthy? Is Simon, I think. Simon. Okay, Simon. Is Simon wealthy, or is Simon just just a poor guy who has the facade that he's wealthy? Do That's, we know? He's just a good-looking guy uh, having a good time. He. I don't think he's poor by any means, but he is not well off. He is trying to. He knows that this is. He, he's getting this cake and eating it too, bud. Okay, all right. So then, so then he uses dip. he used Gal Gadot's money to buy her the heart of the ocean, and then we get uh, the shriveling shrew, uh, the pimple on your butt, the hemorrhoid that never goes away, the girlfriend who is quite stunning with her piercing eyes. I want to date her because I'm afraid of her. Uh, comes in out of nowhere and just won't leave him alone. And she has a scene with the detective dude, and she's just like, I love him. I'll always be with him, that kind of thing. Right there. I mean, right there, I'm like, okay, she's crazy. I mean, like, but then I'm saying to myself, okay, it's called Death on the Nile. So somebody's going to die, right? This is Clue, right? Somebody's going to die. She's obviously the killer, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, that's what's happening at this point. This, this is, this is, I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm saying that this is what my mind is saying. Like, she is so obviously the killer, she can't be the killer because the movie wouldn't do that. You know and, what I mean? And the game of the movie begins where it's overloading you with all the information and you already know, given the name of the movie, it's in the name of the movie, Death 
you know, that something will happen. So you're trying to figure out who, what, when, where, why, how, all at once. Right. Because you already know that it's going to be that picture. You just want to know how it's going to connect. It's kind of a right. fun game in, in that part. So Because it would have been so obvious. Because Eric, at this point in the movie, right before they get on the boat, right, I'm like, okay, death and denial. She's crazy. She's probably a killer. But the movie wouldn't be that obvious. And then also, you know, her her ex-lover, Simon, they like they're they're gonna like scream to this, right? I mean, like, because how would she know every little thing, right? <laughs> because she is boom, she's at the hotel. And hey, let's get on a boat so we can get away from her, and boom, she's on the boat. So somebody's obviously feeding her information. We never see a scene of her like behind the background, behind a tree, listening to the conversation. So I'm like, okay, the killers are definitely Simon, who's marrying Gal Gadot, and the girlfriend. But it can't be that because the movie is not that stupid. It can't be those two. It has to be somebody in the background. I thought at this point, once they get on the boat, it was either um, the butler guy who nobody liked but Gal Gadot or then also Russell Brand because it's Russell Brand. Ah, right. um, my guess off the start, I paused to make this declaration as well too, was book. I had said from the start, I was like, it's him. He was the first person we saw on camera, other than Hercule Poirot. Uh, and he's the closest to him. So he's the person you usually will least expect. Oh. So I went automatically and I said it was him. And that when they revealed more that he was in love with the Major D, then... I don't, who was the Major D? Um... Was that the was that the lady that finds Gal Gadot later halfway through the film? He, no, the uh, that's the maid. She was from Game oh. of Thrones. I'm talking about the girl from uh, Black Panther. Oh, okay, okay, I the know you. The okay. daughter. Yep. yep. Okay, he was in love with her. Okay. So uh, you see, not yes. I didn't suspect her at all. So we get on this very lavish boat. Once uh, the front of the boat is this double uh, class character, Rosaline, uh, actress uh, Latita Wright. Excuse me. Got to get it right here, Jordan. Got to get it right. Got to get it right. Got to get it right for the show. So we get this beautiful boat. Whoops. And they're t taking a tour of the Nile. Uh, beautiful double glass, like this beautiful bar. Everything's set up. And here comes the, here comes the girlfriend again. Well, the ex-girlfriend. Um, now this is where I fell asleep. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Girlfriend shows up. I don't know what happens because I fell asleep and all of a sudden I get woken up to a gunshot and then I see, um, Simon being, uh, held up by two men, got shot in the leg while, um, detective is asleep. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what is this? Actually, this is kind of a fun way to watch this kind of movie because you fall asleep and then you get woken up by a loud noise. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, okay, what happened? What happened? Because I didn't know that he was drugged until at the end of the movie. I thought he was just a jerk and slept through you know, through a gunshot. But oh, anyway. No, see, now I, I'm I'm in this part. I, I, I know the rules, and so this entire part, I'm watching Edge of My Seat absorbing as much detail as I can. I was asleep on this one. And I was only I was only two beers in. And it's a fun game. I'm sitting here and, and I'm I'm really am playing the game. I'm calling out what I what I observe 
that I know will be a callback or will will be brought back into it. And again, here's the the thing I, I said before. I I love the detective genre. I really do. I always had have as a kid. I am so bad at them. I suck so bad at them. Like really, I don't think I've ever gotten to one right ever in my life. No joke. And I and I still continue to to do them because I think they're just kind of they're fun puzzles. But when I'm watching this, I, I'm again yelling out what I see, almost like a you know like a kid in the zoo, just just yelling out like, "Oh, there, that that happened, that thing right there," knowing that. It's it's going to connect later on. I just have no idea how. So you would not be a good detective, is what you're telling me. I would be a good detective assistant. Yes, you would. You, your name would be Barnacle. <laughs> I would be that person where, you know, like the real detective, uh, where, where Sherlock is pacing in the room, just like, what does it mean? And then I'll just come in there and make some sort of dumb observation. Be like, huh, well, you know. When I went in there, the cookie jar was was open, and if I was, it would be closed. If I was, like, what did you just say? Ha! Huh, you're a genius. Barnacle, you've yeah, done it again. Exactly. Like I would, <laughs> that clutch observation that that, that was that missed. Be, that would so be you. That would that that's kind of me. So I'm good for that. That that's, that's you. Uh, next day, right? Uh, the maid goes to clean her room and all of a sudden, shocker to me, again, like I've said in the beginning of this episode, I don't know anything about this movie. So all of a sudden the maid screams. I'm like, why is the maid screaming? Who's in the bedroom? And then it's like, oh my God, it's Gal, Gal Gadot is dead. Oh my Lord. Oh, okay. This is like, this is like a Janet Lee moment. All right. Like now, now I was into it. I was like, okay, you kill Gal Gadot something's going on right so then again to me it's obvious at this point of the movie well it has to be her husband and the reason why i'm saying that it's her husband is because from all the things that you told me he gives her the heart of the ocean from her money he's killing her for money because the heart of the ocean necklace is gone right but it's like no the movie's not that obvious there's no way that he would be so then i'm watching everybody else again to try to figure this whole mess out and uh, I was shocked. Now, I'm assuming you have probably you, – you, you know of the story. You've probably read the book. I don't know. Were you at all shocked about Gal Gadot's death like I was? No. I, I have not read uh, these, these books, to be honest with you. I got more into Arthur Conan Doyle, into a lot more of the Sherlock. And then there was obviously like the, the, sub, the like kid series that came out back then too, Animorphs and Harriet the Spy and shit like that. Uh, boxcar kids, you know, the, the Hardy Boys, those kind of detector, the young adult ones. These okay. were, um, I thought, a bit more dry and boring for 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 me. Uh, anyway, but this is uh, interesting because coming up to this, it was a fun game to play of who's gonna die. Right, because now here's the thing that shocked me: we get more deaths later on. We'll go off of that. But it was death on the Nile, right? So I just thought it was going to be one death and move on. No, there's a few more deaths that happened. So that was kind of shocking. It looked like Gal Gadot went peacefully. It looked like uh, whoever killed her shot her in the side of the head and the bullet went out the other side when she was sleeping. It looked like looked like she died peacefully in her sleep, if you will. With a smile uh, on her face even. Yeah, I know. Just no pain. So yeah, Gal Gadot was – Poor girl. It, so What? 
So I, so now at this point I fall asleep again. So what happens after the Gal Gadot murder? We do get another person murdered. We get we get the maid murdered next, right? Uh, the maid is murdered, and is is anyone else murdered? Yeah, uh, book Brooke, whatever the uh, the best friend of the detective dude. Yes, but how was? Oh, the maid had her her she her neck was cut, mm-hmm. and then huh. sheer body was stored. Yeah, yes, murder. yeah, and um, then yeah. and then yes, then book was was murdered uh, to keep quiet, uh, and then. Well, there's there's a few more deaths at the end, but we'll talk about that when we get to the end, huh? Yes, there's a few more deaths at the end. I mean, so now we get, like, the cat and mouse game at this point, right? Um, well, here's the interesting thing is, is I also want to point out to the obvious and say, all right, well, it's Simon. He obviously has all of the motive. He obviously has every reason to do this. Like, it just seems so obvious Right? Of course. Obvious. Him. Uh, but then he has the alibi. And this is where the game is. It's like, alright, well if it's him, then explain why he was here and accounted for and shot in the leg with this and that. He couldn't have done that. So No, of course not. So she's like, oh, well you kind of got me there. So that's the rest of the movie. Explaining that in right. such a ridiculous way sometimes. Which is why I called bullshit, Eric. So so we have seen this kind of movie before, right? So we get everybody who was alive in a room. Doors are locked by all the staff. And the killer is definitely, or the killers are in the room, the detective says. Clue. And he, right. And he goes on this huge, fantastic story blaming Simon and uh, the ex-lover. Uh, he blames and, everyone. To be well, he does. Well, he does. But the one that caught my attention was Simon, and the reason why it caught my attention is because it's so ridiculous. I've seen this kind of movie before, where you think, "Oh my God, the detective is telling this ridiculous story." Obviously, this is not what happened. Well, spoiler. I guess my gut was right. The killers are Simon and the ex-lover to become wealthy with the heart of the ocean. Yeah. It, That's well, it? That's the motive? I, I don't know if it was an, another way of so, but I know that the motive, as it was being repeated throughout the entire movie, was the act of love, right? The That love, that love will make you do silly and serious things because it became the theme throughout the entire movie, not just through those two, through Simon and... Oh, what the heck's her name? Hold on, I gotta look it up. Uh, th- Jack- Jacqueline. But also through, uh, like, Book, right? And uh, uh, Rosaline. Uh, through Hercule. And um, who's the, the, the mom? The Sol- uh, Salome? I'm getting, right? You're saying names that I don't... Again, I don't know the names. I'm giving you the, the love links that were in the mm. movie. And the overlying theme of the movie was that love makes you do crazy things. Uh, and I was saying that, like, Book and uh, uh, the, the the daughter were in love against his mother's wishes. Right. Um, Hercule was falling for uh, um, the singer, uh, the bandmate on the on the boat. 
Well, I forgot uh, about her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though that they both have had pasts and are restricted by their loves, such as the same part of Simon and the, the love triangle that we have uh, involved there and the restrictions of their love. And the entire movie is him, is Hercule saying what love will make you do. That's Agatha Christie's kind of big, big, package there because she talks about russell brand too his jaded love that he has it's it's a big it's a big theme in the movie well love will make you disguise blood with red paint and then you accidentally shoot yourself i mean that that's just so convoluted. what he's saying is that if it was the motivation for one love made it the motivation for the other Okay, and I guess love also means that you're going to stand nose-to-nose, lip-to-lip with your lover while she puts a gun to her back and goes through her and goes through you and you die in each other's arms. Come on. Yeah, say la vie, a l'amour. It's uh, very tragic, right? Very Romeo and Juliet. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I thought that was It's poetic, of... right? Like, that's... It's... I've never was a fan of that kind of stuff. I've, I've never been a fan of the Romeo and Juliet ending either, but that's that's me. No, but, I mean, well, like, well, when did this book get originally published? Let's look that up. It was in the 30s. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. It had it been in the 30s? <laughs> it's uh, 1937. Yeah, 30s. I mean, like, sure. I mean, like, I mean, like the ending was probably. I, I look. The ending is perfect for this kind of a movie. And I guess that will set me up for my popcorn reading with it. And that is, at the beginning of this conversation, I will not lie to you, Eric. I was ready to give this a no bag. I already had it written down, no bag. Because I was not really entertained. Uh, I, I fell asleep. So that goes to show you how much I cared. It wasn't that I wasn't in the mood to see it. I just, not my bag. No pun intended. Uh, but talking with you on this on this episode, uh, talking about how I loved how the film looked, um, I will I will definitely go up to a small bag. Uh, it's not a movie that I'll ever see again. It's not a movie that I ever want to like seek out or watch again. Um, I, I was glad that we watched it though and reviewed it because again, if if we wouldn't have reviewed it, I never would have seen it. So you can't say something's bad or good unless you actually see it first. I'm a big believer in that. So it's a it's a small bag for me just because it's just not something that I like, but I do the I like the way it looks. So then Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Death on the Nile? Uh just to to let you guys know that these movies are great for packing in the stars too, the original of the same name was was just the same way too. It had like Angela Lansbury, Maggie Smith, Mia Farrow, uh, Buddy Davis. Like you know, like it's just a good way to just just really pack a punch with the star power. And for that, I always enjoy it just because you get to see these people play. This is a this is a play. This is actually what this is, and I think it's it's fun for that. It's detective for what it is. It's a medium bag. It's very niche. For sure, I, I enjoy it for completely. Um, I want to give it a, a, a large. I really do. Um, I, I wish there were, there was more of it, but at the same part, I, I have to knock it down just because 
some of the characters can get a little ridiculous sometimes. Some of the story can get a bit like, what the hell are you talking about sometimes? Um, and uh, the runtime is also, uh, again, usually a pretty long one. I think the I think the first one was, um, was it two and a half? No, it was under two hours. This was just was five minutes under two hours. It's an hour and 55 minutes. So, so a small bag for me and a medium for you. Uh, yeah, it's it's it just because the the plot in the story itself is just dated and not really that interesting sometimes. But like visually, it looks great. I know that everyone is on set having fun. It's, oh, this yeah, it, it looked like this was fun. Yeah, but you know, I, like I'm not eager to watch it again. No, yeah, I'm not eager to watch it again. But you know, I had a good time on this episode. I actually thought this was a good one. I don't know how it was going to go because of my feeling at the beginning of the episode. But next week. We could say it's going to get a little strange, if you will. Oh, my. You like that one? I'm actually smiling. Yeah, you're, you're, really, you're not as clever as you think, but I like it. What? <laughs> Come on. I had one like a few weeks ago that floored you. All right. It did, it did not. When I, what? The, my heart will go on. What the hell could that be? What possibly, what movie could you be talking about? Uh, Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom? Beauty and the Beast. Wrap it up, Jordan. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Like, so always check us out at moviegaispodcast.podbean.com or download our episodes wherever you get your podcast from. We're now on a brand new platform. I don't know what was the thing. You can get it only on Android or Samsung TVs called Samsung Podcast. So th- there we go. Um, <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and next week we'll get strange. Have a good night.